if you want to direct MTP, go do it. Don't let other people tell you you can't do that or you won't get repped if you do both. Go get it. If you have stuff in your head and you can see it there and you can close your eyes and you can imagine it, just go create it. That was Will DeSena, director, writer, and cinematographer, known for his artful work in commercials, music videos, and photography. In a world of specialists, Will has maintained a strong position as both a director and a cinematographer, a balancing act which is envied by many. His eye for fashion and culture has attracted impressive collaborators behind the camera and amazing talent in front of the lens, such as Madonna, Justin Timberlake, Meek Mill, and brands including Marriott, Discover Card, and Under Armour. Welcome to Real Drive, produced by Step Studios. All right, so what up? We got Will DeSena on the line. How you doing, Will? Good, man. How you doing? Thanks for having me. For those of you who don't know Will, he's been a longtime friend of not only myself, but some of the other guys that stepped. He's been directing with us for a couple of years, and Will is obviously a really talented filmmaker, and if any listeners have seen his work, you may know that not only does he work as a director, he also DPs a lot, which is sort of a unique position once you're at this high of a level. And maybe that's a good place to start, Will, like... Obviously, growing up, we all know a ton of filmmakers who shot and directed, did the combo. But as people's careers grow, you're directing, you know, big commercials with agencies and also DPing huge jobs, which as most people end up choosing some specialty that's a little rarer these days, like on a professional level. How have you ended up maintaining playing both roles? And is it something you like and see being the approach you carry forward in the future? Want to talk about that a little? Yeah. So I think that. Wearing both hats, pretty much directing DP and came from how I just got into filmmaking in the first place, which was, you know, one man show. You had to shoot, you had to direct, you had to edit, you had to do sound design, you had to do color. And so that naturally just grew into, hey, I like both of these. And too often in life, people try to put constraints on you saying, you know, it's, it's crazy how niche you can get, right? It's like, oh, you're a director. Okay, now you're a fashion director. Okay, now you're only an in-studio fashion director. And people love to shove you down that canister because it's easy for them to do. And they don't care. They don't want to see you do a car commercial. They don't want to see you do action sports. They don't care about any of that. You're the fashion director now. You become pretty much a better product to sell for agencies and reps and all that stuff. So for me, you know, the reason I'm kind of like loosely ripped around is because I really enjoy shooting, you know, and it's something that I love putting that hat on, talking with directors, making sure their vision comes. And then if I have an idea, I love directing and seeing that out. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think we were chatting the other day that you hit like sort of a cool landmark in your career this year by getting to work on your first feature film, which I think it could be cool to talk about what your experience was and demystify that a little bit. I know you guys had a long like uphill battle with your film from what I remember you telling me, but what can you say about like getting involved in a feature length production for your first time? Because I think so many of our friends are considering doing that. Like what are some learnings and takeaways you had and what was it like? Now you were DPing that film, not directing from what I remember, but what can you tell us about that experience? Yeah, this one uh, was something that I shot last October with a director here in New York, uh, Don Lahif. And it was really ambitious. It was a really fun project, but it was ambitious. And I hope he doesn't listen to this, but I've never even shot 35 before. And that was the first project I ever shot 35. So for me, it was extremely daunting. I'm like, oh, I'm going into 
a feature film, never shooting 35. And uh, here we go, 20 days, all overnights in New York City, all at night. So for me, it was it was definitely a little bit nerve wracking. But I think you really got to love, uh, get along with the director, first and foremost, definitely have meetings if you don't know them, or if it's a friend, you want to make sure you get along. It's a long journey. It's a battle. It's not like commercial work. I remember at the end, I was like, wow, I can't believe I used to think like a two or three day commercial shoot was long or two or three day music video. And then I've always been told, you know, don't do it unless you absolutely love it. I don't know if that's true, because if you have an idea for a project, but you need the perfect amount of money or something, you need the perfect actor, and then years go by, and then all of a sudden you're like, great, I'm 35, now I'm 40, now I'm 45, and then you're like, dude, why didn't I just make it when I was 20? So that's the way I kind of saw it. And Mac, Mac Fisher, actually, you know, the DP I hire a lot when I direct, he was a great motivation for it. I remember talking to him, like, ah, I don't know, what do you think? It seems really daunting. You know, obviously I'm going to make less money. It's an indie. And he was like, you will learn more in that 20 days than you have in the past year of DPing. And he was right. What I learned in 20 days with shooting 35 and small lighting budgets, I now show up to commercials and it seems so much easier. And what I learned from lighting and what to do and what not to do in practicals and, you know, how to, how to work with the crew, I have such a better sense as a cinematographer going into now these higher end commercials. And so I, I'm really thankful that it happened. One of my favorite films you've done or commercials that I personally really like is your Marriott project where you got to travel around the world. Mm. For those listeners, you can find it on Will's website or with an easy Google search. But what can you tell us about the production of that film? It's so cool. I don't know how many countries you guys went to, but it's beautiful. Mm. I think you had a pretty small team. Were you directing and DPing? How did that job come to fruition? And what's it like sort of circling the world? Right, thanks. I appreciate that. This is where I'm saying, like, if you want to direct and DP, go get it. Go do it. Don't let other people tell you you can't do that or you won't get repped if you do both. If you have stuff in your head and you can see it there and you can close your eyes and you can imagine it, just go create it. That's what happened with Marriott. I pretty much got brought on to Marriott and they were looking to do a really small crew, small enough that the director and DP, they wanted to be under the same umbrella. I took it on and from square one, I started to envision what I saw. I started thinking about the song before anything else. I started talking to a composer because for me, all of my creations come out of music. Always. I cannot create without headphones on. It's actually kind of crazy. I have to be listening to music to create anything that you see anywhere on my Instagram or my website is from that. So I remember working with this composer and then I, I closed my eyes and a lot of these visuals are coming together and I'm like, oh, this is, you know, what she would wear. I'm thinking as a director and I'm like, oh, this is how it shoot it. And that's a DP, you know, I want to light it like this. And so it's, it's nice. Sometimes it's really nice to keep everything in your own dome and, and you don't have to deal with explaining or wasting time that way. So we went to six different countries in 20 days, uh, a lot of travel, you know, it was crazy. It was like land scout, sometimes not even scout, shoot, shoot, leave land scout. And sometimes not scout, shoot, shoot, leave. So we were, we were not sleeping. And I really mean we were not sleeping. I think I brought uh, an AC and you know we had a producer and two creative directors and then we really just picked up some few hands here and there and like you know some countries when you try to get you know a small little team together some countries have really good crew and some have shit crew so i i wasn't relying on that too much i think it was just so imprinted in my head on what i wanted that right when we landed i would I would quickly look at what we were dealing with and then I would shoot it. And that's also when I started to write the script for it. So in Dubai, it's actually funny. The hotel manager ended up being the voiceover and it was first voiceover ever. And now not only is he still the general manager of the luxury collection Marriott hotel, but 
now he has an agent for his voice because it's so beautiful. I mean, when you listen to his voice, he's South African and you can just watch that piece. You're immediately sold. Did you guys record the voiceover during the production or after the fact, did you circle back with the guy and have him do it? I remember we were in Dubai and we were leaving. It was four in the morning. And I, right before I left, I shook his hand. I was like, would you be open to being the voiceover for this commercial? And he chuckled and he was like, oh, I'll see you later. I'm like, no, I'm serious. Like I, I, I'm dead ass. And he was like, hey, you know, why don't you send me an email and see what we can do? And so when I got back from Marriott, I finished my script and I sent it to him. He, you know, he lives like 30 minutes outside Dubai. So he drove in as a recording studio and he, you know, laced it, I think like four times. And then I edited it too, you know, and it's something that I try to get an editor for because I edited it. I think within two hours, it was something crazy. Like within two hours, I just start dropping the shots and then I exported it. And that export, I started sending around to other editors and I was like, oh, you know, I want to get an editor. This is just an idea of what I want it to be. And then it took me uh, a, a post producer. And then he was like, man, I, I think you nailed it the first time. And I'm like, no, that can't be like, that can't be, there has to be something better. You can't always think like that. You know, it's just like what it is, is what it is. And he gave me the confidence to be, to be like, well, I think I'm not kidding on your first time within those two hours, I think you nailed it. I, I think this is it. So that's the nice thing about directing and DPing is, you know, you know, you have the best vision of how it's going to come together and post and you don't have to talk to anyone and you can move quickly. One, one of my questions about that piece in particular too, was you had some really beautiful aerial imagery, you know, like the plane stuff and the opening and the camels mm. at the end. Like when you're rolling with a low crew, did you guys source like a legit heli or is that a little inspired drone or someone local? Are you guys traveling with the drone? How did you pull that off? Cause I felt like it looked really high quality. Right. And these are the things that are so much on the fly, right? This is crazy. You know, I knew I wanted a shot of a Cessna plane banking off towards the ocean. Like I knew that uh, listening to that song, it generated that image in my head. And then we didn't know it was possible. We get down there, the producer river, I was like, river, you know, I really want to get a Cessna. He's like, okay, I'll look for a Cessna. He got the Cessna. And we're like, now we got to get a drone or, you know, we're not getting a helicopter where the budget's not big enough. So we got a drone we have these two guys and, you know, they're barely speaking English and we're in Costa Rica and, you know, the guy comes by once we see it coming and, you know, banks off and the drone people are freaking out because it's like for them, they're like, this is the best shot we've ever got all in broken English. And they're, oh no, it's too close. And they're like, we're going to crash, you know, all the stuff. So it was just so hectic. And then in Dubai, you know, same kind of thing. We didn't, uh, couldn't afford a helicopter. So we got DJI inspired too. But yeah, those little drones, man, they go far. It's, it's pretty crazy, especially when you're doing the inspired two and shooting raw. Uh, we had no problem at Company 3 kind of pulling it towards, you know, what the Ari footage was looking like. So Another facet of your work that I find is really interesting is your music video work. I know you recently did the falling music video for Trevor, Trevor Daniel, and that was the number one pop song in the world that week, I think. And mm-hmm. it's been really cool to see you on these bigger music projects, regardless of the scale of the production. Like, you get to work with some really cool talent. And that's one of the things I want to talk to you about. You also just did the Justin Timberlake and Meek Mill music video, which, I mean, in music, those names are pretty much as big as it gets. You know, like they're A-list, A-list artists. What's it like working with talent like that? I know the music video world, as we all know, can be a bit of the Wild West. What was your experience working with those guys on that project? And I know there was some back and forth and stuff. You want to give us some background? Because the video is rad. Sure, yeah. So all three of those guys, Trevor, Meek, and, and Justin, are really cool. You know, And, and I'm thankful and grateful that they were a great talent to work with. Because a lot of times, everyone if you've ever done a music video, especially a rap music video, you know what can happen where 
people don't show up until four or five, six hours late, and then you have no time at all. And then it, it's frustrating, right? It frustrates you because you care. Luckily, those those two videos, um, the ones you're talking about, the talent was awesome. So Meek and Justin Timberlake were really, really cool. I've worked with Meek before, uh, never Justin, but they are truthfully creative. Like they have a good idea of what they want, what they don't want, what shots. You know, those those guys have been shot so many times that they understand. It's the same like I've worked with Madonna. She is so good with lighting. Seriously. Like she could almost be a gaffer. She understands lighting so much because it's been she's been under the light for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, whatever it is. So same with those guys. So it's cool to kind of you can work with them. You know, they're collaborative and they have their creative directors there and you know, that one was directed by Max and Quellon and Spike Jordan was the creative director for Meek. And it's a very collaborative project. So all of us are kind of, you know, we shot that in 16. They were super into the 16. We wanted to shoot their performances really humbly, fully stripped away from anything uh, flashy or any of that. So we just put them on a white site, put it in black and white. And it was really, really cool experience. You know, Justin Timberlake, when we were filming Meek Mill, a close up of his face on 16, he was like, I've never seen you be shot like this ever before, Meek. Like everything is so flashy, of course, you know, for both of us, that this is just such a, like a humbling way to look at you. And and so it's cool because then Justin be like, well, what about this? And then Meek's like, I don't like that. And maybe this. And so it's cool to work with those guys. And Trevor Daniels was super cool too. He is a really cool kid. He knows what he wants and he puts in the work. And that's what you're really looking for. You're looking for an artist and a talent that cares about the video just as much as you do. Because there are a lot out there that don't give a fuck and then it hurts your heart. Yeah, that's so rad that they even care enough. You know, because I can see like, this is my 30th media commitment of the month. I don't give a shit. Let's just get it done and move on. But it's actually cool to hear that they do care about the aesthetic and the visuals and want to make it something everyone's proud of. So Yeah, man, it's hard. It's hard when you get an artist that, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, that's good. Let's move on. And you're like, that looks so dumb. Or, this looks so bad. Or give me five minutes. I need to light this or whatever. And they're like, no, like, I really don't care. And then they see the final video and they're like, this video is sick. And I'm just like, this video sucks. You know, it's weird <laughs> how that can happen. Well, one of the other hurdles in music videos that I know we've talked about independently before is a lot of the times the financial resources are nowhere near what they are in commercials. Mm. How do you still bring like that? crazy look and feel potentially even a more dramatic look and feel than you would in a commercial which inherently you'd think you'd need more camera gear and lighting and crew for which isn't always true but do you have any suggestions or recommendations for up-and-coming filmmakers who are you know facing small budgets for music videos like i know your trevor one you guys didn't have a lot of resources and all of a sudden you had choreographed dancing and floating people and how have you been able to get such an amazing result with those sort of like tighter budget situations yeah, and I'm I'm still learning. Like, trust me, I have a lot, a long way to go. I'm learning every single day and every single time I'm on a new job, I'm I'm gaining something new from it. So that Trevor Daniels thing is it wasn't super small, but definitely wasn't big. You know, it's probably like on the smaller side. And um, I I think I screwed us on it to be honest. I I, I had two my scenes were too far apart in LA, so we had two days. My scenes were too far apart. They were too intricate. It took a lot of time. That's one thing that I'm glad I did it and I, I enjoy the video for what it is. But I think a lot of times you need to kind of bring things back, right? You're like, okay, does it really make sense to drive around LA everywhere, like up into the mountains up there? You know, when we have two days and we are shooting on 16, probably if I were to go back and do it, no. 
You know, the way to really get around things is soak up your resources. Sometimes I'll hear friends, you know, who shot music videos. I'm like, yeah, how do you guys do that? And they're like, oh, well, we just got one house. We got one house in upper state New York and we sat there for two days and everything in that video is shot. And then we went, we got some stock footage and then back in our apartment, we lit some things and we shot, you know, with no more crew and no lights. You know, we just had like a lamp and of course, you know, sometimes it's favors. I know for that one, the Trevor Daniels, everyone, the choreographer, Amy Garner is awesome. Uh, and Mac, he also shot that they, you know, they reduced their rates to help out, but it, it's, it's a struggle. Well, yeah, this, this is great. I hope whoever's listening has a chance to go on and, and check out Will's work. Like I, even though we're close, I see this stuff come out. I had such a rad time before this, just going back through all your films and it's impressive, man. You've been crushing it. And what's next, do you think for not only the next couple of months, but the next couple of years, like, do you think you're going to continue to both direct and DP? Is your goal to migrate towards directing? You looking to do feature films, commercials, music videos, like, What's next for Will DeSena and what are you excited about? I think in regards to directing DP, I'm going to do both. I'm going to do both as long as I want. And right now I have an idea for a feature film that you obviously know about, we've been talking about, and that would be a directorial standpoint. And that's something I'm really, really hungry for. And I'm excited to tackle that project because I know obviously feature films can be a, a long process. But I'm also, I will always forever shoot and be a DP. Uh, it feels very natural for that camera to be on my shoulder and to think in terms like that. So I'm going to dual wield as long as I can. And, you know, that's that. Well, I can't wait to see you soon. I'll have to get you out to the West Coast. And hopefully down the road, we can get you back on here someday. And thanks a bunch, Dana. Let's, uh, let's talk soon, man. Cheers. Cool. Much love. To see Will's work and find more episodes, visit us at steppedstudios.com slash podcasts. See you next time on Real Drive.